Well, good morning, East Tennessee. I don't know if you uh, paid attention to Mr. Ben Cathy's weather forecast, but uh, shock and surprise, it's going to be hot today. Probably a little humid to boot. Uh, anyways, it's so beautiful in East Tennessee. I don't even know that it matters. It's stinking hot out. So, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I'm just one of those types of guys. I walk out the door anyways in summertime. I, I mean, I just go ahead and start sweating. I just I start from the beginning, so it's just the rest of the day is just easy. Easy peasy, ready to go. Hey, I am Scott Brokamp of His Security and Technology. And, uh, man, I have got an amazing show for you this morning. Um, but first of all, if you're looking for something to do today, if you want to go melt away in the beautiful, hot, humid, sunny day that we have, and Halloween is your thing? CreepyCon is happening this weekend at the Knoxville Convention Center. Hours are today from 11 to 8. First Lutheran on North Broadway is hosting their annual German Fest. Enjoy German culture, food, and music from 11 to 8 today. And One Knox Soccer Club is in action tonight at Regal Stadium. Their match against Charlotte Independence starts at 7.30. For more details about everything that's happening around town, Go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. Well, it seems there's a national holiday for just about every day on the calendar. And today, well, it's really no different. But one of the things being celebrated today is National Dog Day. The purpose is to raise awareness about adopting dogs who are currently in rescue centers. And when you think about animal adoptions in Knoxville, what do you think about? None other than Young Williams Animal Center. And this morning, well, I've got a studio full of guests uh, from Young Williams. And I, I think there's not probably a topic that we won't cover when it comes to adopting and caring for your your wonderful little fur babies. So I, I'm going to make sure if I get this right. We've got Dr. Lisa. We have Josh slash not really Zach. And then we have regular Lisa. Is that right? Do I got that right? Okay. Yep. That's how it was pinned to me this morning, so I'm glad I got it. Well, welcome all to the show. Um, Thanks for joining us this morning. So, Dr. Lisa, uh, I I guess you just like to get right down to business, right? Because Sometimes, yeah. (laughs) uh, We're going to talk about um, the importance of spaying or neutering your pets. All right. So, uh, see, that's why I say you just jump right in here. We just get right in business. Let's let's get brass tacks right out of the way. Sure. So that's great. Tell us why is why is this so important, and and what are the benefits that we can achieve from spaying and neutering our pets? Well, first of all, um, it's good for their health. Um, it reduces certain types of cancers like breast cancer and ovarian cancer, stuff like that for the females, and testicular cancer for the males. Um, reduces infections. Um, they can be life-threatening for both male and female dogs. Um, and cats can also get cancer from these things. So it's just so important to, to do that. And then, of course, um, it does help prevent unwanted litters. Hmm. And we have more pets born every year in our community than we have homes for. So we we appreciate everybody contributing to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that does seem to kind of occur quite a bit, doesn't it? So it sure does. you you guys kind of have well, I, I say to me kind of a unique mission um, at 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 the shelter. What would you what would you say about your mission? What is it that you guys really look to do and achieve? Um, to find a home for every pet. Find a home for every pet. See how simple that is. 
See, mission can be really simple, right? Sure. So what what are some of the things that you see regularly from um, dealing with those who are not spaying and neutering their pets? Um, well, you know, from for the animal standpoint, um, a lot of times they're um, facing something like a pyometra, which is a pretty bad infection of the uterus. Um, they might have um, some other uh, reproductive issues, but also sometimes they have behavior problems because mm-hmm. um, too much uh, of the testosterone sometimes makes them a little aggressive. Um, so if we can take care of that before that puberty hits, then it's much better chances of not having that behavior. Well, there you go. And so with with you guys there in particular, quite frankly, I mean, spaying and neutering, you think about it, I mean, it's surgery. You would think it's going to be very costly. Mm-hmm. So what what do we look at? What What are some of the costs associated and some of the benefits that come through using you guys for doing this? Um, well, so our public spay-neuter program through Spay-Neuter Solutions um, has managed to keep the costs low and, because that's all we do. Um, our surgeons do uh, 20, 30 surgeries a day, five days a week, wow. 50 weeks out of the year. So they get pretty proficient. Um, they usually... Um, pretty quick and most of our patients heal up you know just back to normal within a day or two um and so as far as costs um for dogs uh whether it's a boy or girl we don't discriminate it's 110 dollars, <laughs> and for cats it's 65 and you know our only requirement is that they also have their rabies if they're three months old mm. or older so you know if you don't have that that's another ten dollars and we do have for within knox county we have some grants to help provide assistance to reduce those costs even more right um so you know that's really fantastic well that is fantastic so you mentioned one of the things about age so what what are the appropriate ages that as owners of of pets that we should be looking to get these types of things done um, well, we like to have it done before they hit puberty as best, you know, as, as much as possible, because every time the females go into heat, uh, of course, um, it increases their chances mm-hmm. of developing uh, cancer later on in life. So, um, you know, it, usually by five to six months with cats, cats can start coming into heat at four months of age. So I know we're talking about dogs today, but we can't forget our cats. Wow. And those cats can have up to three litters a season. Um, so one cat becomes 20 very quickly. Mm. Do, do you guys do... Do you find that you have a lot of cats that get brought to your facility? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, I mean. They multiply like rabbits. They do. They (laughs) do, right? Listen, that's why it's so important that you take care of your pets. It's not just for their health. Well, it's for everybody else's too, right? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure we've all, you know, we we all see the feral cats. It's running around and, and there's so, so many um, that I know, you know, we come across even same thing, no matter where you live. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, there, there poses some dangers to have them running around like that. Um, so, you know, you guys make this so convenient for anybody who is in living in Knox County that needs to have a spay or neuter. Uh, tell us about, to me, I think this is just an exciting service. Tell us about your shuttle service. Um, so the space shuttle goes all over Knox County, and um, we have a regular schedule. It's on our website. And, um, you know, we're trying to get closer for people who may have some transportation issues. Um, and, you know, we 
we mostly are in county parks and libraries and stuff like that. So um, keeps us visible and gets us to where people need us. Yeah, and you can find that on young-williams.org yep. forward slash spray-neuter. How so, about spray-neuter? <laughs> uh, that would probably be yeah. much better. Man, there look at there, see? That's you know? okay. That's all right. Um, people Saturday can morning. also get their appointments by going to that website as well. There's a, a schedule appointment button, so it's really convenient. There you go. I mean, you make it as easy as you can possibly do. Um, so we've got... We got spay, we got neuter. Mm-hmm. What other services do your veterinarians offer? Um, with at that time of surgery, we'll do vaccinations. Mm-hmm. We can do heartworm tests, feline leukemia, FIV test. Um, we trim nails. Um, you know, it's pretty much focused to to the, what's at surgery and try to make it a convenience for pet owners as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Doctor Lisa. Uh, we are going to take a short break right here on Around the House, and when we come back. Well, we're going to keep talking about dogs, so you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned right here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I'm your host, Scott Brokamp, and we have, well, a studio full of guests here this morning from... Young Williams Animal Shelter. And, uh, well, we were talking a little bit about spay and neuter and taking care of your animals, taking care of your babies. And, uh, well, there's a lot of health benefits that come from that, not just the reproduction part. So thank you so much, Dr. Lisa, for helping uh, educate us a little bit on some of the benefits of that. But now we're going to just move on in this process because there is a lot of need. Obviously, I'm sure you guys see tons of families and kids coming in and out of the facility on a regular basis looking for adopting and finding their new bundle of joy to take home and take care of and be a part of their family. But there's a lot of other needs besides adoption. And, of course, adoption's not always a solution for everyone that comes through the door. So, um, Lisa, uh, regular Lisa, Lisa, yeah. what's your last name? I'm sorry. Silvis. Okay. Lisa Silvis. So we, she's going to tell us a little bit about their foster program. Uh, and you know, fostering is, is a life-saving program for many of these, many of these babies. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that once we dive into this, we're going to go in 9 million directions, Sure, but uh, tell us a little bit about the fostering program, what it is, and well, why it's so important. That is such a great question because I feel like it's something that a lot of people don't even know that we offer. So when you adopt a pet, that pet belongs to you, right? So the difference with fostering is that you are just keeping that pet for a certain amount of time. You're providing them the home. And the cool thing about it is Young Williams will provide everything else for you. So we'll give you the food, we will provide the medical care, everything that you need to take care of that animal. That's pretty amazing in itself. It is pretty amazing, yeah. And so, but not only, obviously, it it makes it easy for whoever is fostering the pet, but at this point, it's also providing life to the pet. And and obviously, right now, uh, I... 
does anybody have the number like how how full to capacity are you guys at this point as of last week we were beyond full beyond full yeah and we had a promotion where all of our adult animals were free Mm -hmm. And happily, a lot of them did get adopted through that. So that's good. So we have a little bit of breathing room there, but we typically run with full capacity. And and normally that's what we hear, right? We normally hear that you guys are full and, you know, quite frankly, I mean, you you do so much good in the community with our animals that uh, I'm glad. But, hey, let's face it. There's a lot of help that's needed. So yes, is is fostering is that another way to help clean some room into the facility to have room for other pets to come in that's exactly right and it's pretty overwhelming because our numbers in foster right now we have over 300 animals out in the community in foster homes so that effectively almost doubles our capacity of animals that we can care for at the shelter so if you think about how all those animals now are out that allows young williams to pull in 300 more animals and help them. So yeah. it really, truly is a life-saving service. And not to mention beneficial for the animals themselves that get to experience, some of them for the first time, a home environment mm-hmm. to live in. Yeah, and that's pretty special right there. How, would you, I mean, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. So what would you say, just off the top of your head, how many of these fosters actually turn into adoptions? <laughs> well, I myself am a foster fail. I fostered for like a day and then ended up adopting my dog. But for the most part, our fosters are really dedicated to animals. Mm. And so as hard as it is sometimes for them to part with the animals they get attached to, they know that it's for their benefit. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what the percentage is, but the majority of our animals do come back and Mm. do get adopted out. Yeah. And some of our fosters are so invested that they even go on to be adoption ambassadors, we call it, where they help find the forever home for their animal. Uh, see, and that's, that's just absolutely amazing. It well, is. and I can imagine that for just for the pet to go through the fostering, that that helps them in the adoption process as well. Exactly. I mean, you know, obviously we've all seen, you know, silly movies about pets being in, in facilities and putting themselves on display when people come in. But, you know, the reality of it is I have adopted and and it really, I mean, it's like when, when you walk into the adoption center, so many of these pets are just like, oh, there's somebody new. Oh, there's somebody new, yes. you know. And and obviously you can you can identify and see ones that maybe have come from uh, a, a troubled environment mm-hmm. uh, that just need a little extra love. But yes. I, I'm just assuming it be a great study for y'all to embark upon just because I want to know. Just kidding. But when when these pets go through the fostering program, that helps them to learn some new behaviors. And, and so I would just imagine their temperament is a little different when it comes time for adoption. Exactly. Yes, you've nailed that. Um, a lot of our animals that we have have never been in a home, sadly. I think mm. I mentioned that before. So especially with a dog, an adult dog, that can be a little bit overwhelming for an adopter. You know, they're pretty hyper. Maybe they don't know good indoor etiquette. So a foster actually can teach them that and help them to be kind of seen in that light of being a calm pet instead of the way that you'll see them at the shelter, which is jumpy and happy and excited, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 
you know, I have kids, and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm, I really wish somebody would teach them some manners first. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just teasing. So one of the things uh, that I'm sure you guys are very proud about is in 2022, you had almost 3,000 pets go through the foster program. Yes. I mean, Isn't that, that incredible? That is amazing. That yeah. is amazing. So tell us, what does the foster program, what does it look like? What would somebody need to do to get started? And and how can they help and be a part of this? That's awesome. Great question. Um, first, definitely a shout out to our manager of the whole program. Her name is Chelsea. And she just hustles hard for every animal to get a home. So thanks to her, our program is what it is. And um, as far as the foster process, we try to make it as easy as possible for people who might be interested. So the first step is just to simply apply to be a foster parent. And you can do that on our website, um, young or dot Williams. No, 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 not dot dash slash dash. Okay. (laughs) Young dash Williams dot org. There's too many. There's too many things. Um, And after you (laughs) apply to be a foster parent, you can have a hand in choosing the kind of animal that you want. Some Mm. people are cat people. Some people are dog people. Some people are really skilled at like medical cases. So animals that might need to get medication on a regular basis. Some of our animals have skin conditions. They might Mm -hmm. need baths regularly. Some of our babies, especially kittens, need to be bottle fed. Wow. Yes, because we have what we call kitten season where newborn baby kittens without their mom are brought into the shelter. And without our fosters to bottle feed them, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't make it. So... Some people like the harder cases. Some people just want a certain kind of dog. Maybe sure. that's the animal that they had, and so they want to go with that. So you do have a small hand in picking that out, um, and then you come and you pick up your animal. Mm-hmm. We like to have a meet and greet first, make right. sure it's the right animal for you. And when you pick up your animal, you pick up any supplies that they might need. Like I said earlier, food, um, kennels in some cases, mm-hmm. like if it's for smaller pets. And then they bring their animal home, and they live life with them. They come back for regular vet checks with Mm -hmm. our awesome vets like Dr. Lisa. And when the animal's ready to be adopted, they can either bring them back to the shelter and allow us to adopt them out, or they can have a hand in that themselves with our adoption ambassador program. That's awesome. Yeah. What what is the typical time frame in that fostering time? So a, a typical foster, is it in the home for several months, a year? What's that typically look like? That's a great question, and that's individual, too. Okay. Um, that kind of depends on the animal themselves, why they need to be in foster. So animals need foster for mm. many different things. Sure. It can be a medical case where they just need maybe a week or two to heal. It can be a young animal that can't survive in the mm. shelter. So that might be a month or two. Um, or it can just be an animal that just needs to get out mm. and decompress out of the shelter environment, and that can be brief or as long as the foster wants to keep them. I know right now we have some adult animals that have been in their foster placements for a couple months, and those fosters are committed to keeping them mm-hmm. until they can find a, a good adopter for them. Right. Well, and that's awesome too, yes. right? Because, yes. again, it just it, it frees up uh, some space. So It does. I, I, you, my brain always starts going in weird directions. So I, I'm just listening. I'm thinking, so – if you're a if you're a family and you've got young kids and you're thinking about a pet for the very first time, would foster be a good avenue to kind of try that in your home? Absolutely. Is that Could something be. you guys would look at? Sure. If they were committed to doing that and sure. they fill out the application, it could be. It could be viewed as that. And even even if you don't have children, 
and haven't had a pet before or haven't had a pet in a while. It is a way to see how that fits into your home without making a full time commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm I know you guys have seen way more than I have, but I've seen so many people who are like, oh, I'm going to go get my first dog. And the next thing you know, you're like 30 days later and you're like, hey, how's that new dog? And it's like, oh, I had to take him back, you know, exactly. and and I mean, and I, I just I can only imagine that's probably the worst case scenario, right? Worst yes. case scenario for you guys, worst case scenario for the pet in particular. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have a question, Scott. Yeah, what you got, Eric? How, how often do you guys get more uh, unique animals? I know the standards usually dog or cats, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you get an influx at, at a certain point in spring where you've got rabbits, ducks, chickens, and so <laughs> forth. So how often do you get those throughout the year? Oh, I you know this. I'd say we get about two hundred or so rabbits at a time, um, or, or a year rather, <coughs> not at a time. Sometimes it seems quite like a responsibility. There, yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's probably one of the most common things. We also see some pot-bellied pigs. Um, those are kind of here and there, and we get some goats in every now and then. Guinea pigs. Um, a lot of guinea, guinea pigs. pigs. Yep. yep. Mm. Wow. Yep. Birds. We get parakeets for some reason. We've had an owl. Yeah. Um, What else have we had that's unique? Didn't we have a raccoon at one point? Hmm. Yeah. So fortunately, those those are kind of go to most of those types of wildlife we send on to rehabilitators. Sure. Um, So uh, years and years ago, we had a couple caimans because, of course, those aren't. uh, You have to have special permits for those. Um, Had an emu once or twice. Those aren't exactly practical pets for most folks. <laughs> and also oh, good really? eating. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Man, you always can count on Glasgow for great questions. Thank you. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I, that's, that's probably a really good question, right? Is what, what, is the, what is the craziest experience that you have had while working at the clinic? Uh, gee, so many crazy ones. Um, hmm, trying to think of some good ones. There's got to be one that just stands out. So, uh, you know, I think the ones that stay in my mind most are the ones that um, have kind of had a rough time. Um, mm. Maybe uh, wherever they were, um, just didn't know what they really needed. And, yeah. um, you know, kind of bringing those guys back to, to yeah. full health. That, that's always the best always the best i i'll never forget one of my first adoptions and um poor guy did uh life didn't start well for him so i'm glad to say that it ended well for him and um you know i that their rehabilitation just in the the stability of his well-being was so so awesome just to be a part of um, and I know that's a story for so many pet owners uh, as well. So, well, we are going to take a short break. And, well, when we come back, Josh is going to tell us about how you can take uh, an active role in the adoption process as well if fostering is not what you're looking for and you're ready for a new member of the family. Stay tuned with us right here on Around the House on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I am Scott Brokamp of His Security and Technology. And, well, we are 
kind of far from technology this morning, although there is some technology that goes into taking care of our pets these days. Um, but I have a awesome room full of, well, workers, volunteers, and everybody that just makes Young Williams Animal Center so successful and so amazing to our community. You know, you you guys, I do just have to say, you guys are a pillar in our community. I mean, I don't know there is anybody that doesn't know who Young Williams Animal Center is and what you guys do. <clears throat> it it is um, quite frankly not not just important what you guys do, but it is very well respected. And I know you guys have a lot of support from our community, and it's because you do such an amazing job. So. I just want to say thank you to all of you here and all of your volunteers uh, and employees. And I do know volunteer is is a big thing, and we'll talk about that in our final segment. But for now, Josh is going to talk to us a little bit about the adoption process. And, well, he's going to tell us why it's so important. Um, well, I mean, Don't it's... get choked up on me. I'm sorry. I am uh, sorry. No, um... <laughs> Obviously, it's important because it keeps our numbers down, right, at the shelter. Um, Young Williams is a no-kill shelter for everyone who doesn't know. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. the adoption, if you can't foster, which helps tremendously keeping our no-kill status, adoption is um, a, a great option uh, for people looking for a new pet, for a new family member. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you know, and that is one of the things is you guys are no-kill and not, I mean, placement is the key right i mean that's that's the objective is is being able to place these babies in new homes and create new families so i, I mean we we know that the importance of that so what does the adoption process look like if somebody was in the uh, looking to replace maybe a, a pet that has recently gone over the rainbow bridge um what's the process look like to start that adoption process well first you can go to our website and all of our all of the pets that are available for adoption are, are there so that's what i would recommend doing going to the website seeing seeing if you have an animal there that you're interested in adopting if so come down to the shelter um some people just come to the shelter and look in person um and kind of get a feel feel for you know the the pet right there so yeah I mean, because I, mean, I imagine you get a lot of folks in there who they don't always know what breed or what type of pet that they're looking for. Um, and, and I know like like my kids, I mean, unfortunately, my kids suffer. They got the allergy uh, curse that I had as a young kid. And but, man, anytime we go in here, I mean, it's like it's like they're at a grocery store. They just want to take them all. You know, they just want to. It's like my daughter has all those stuffies on her bed. She just wants to cuddle them all up and, you know, huggle and snuggle. So do you, what do you guys do to help your, those clients who are coming into the adoption process? What are some of the things that you guys do to help them find the right pet? So the shelter will provide potential adopters with as much information about the pets that we have. Um, if their owner surrendered and they come with, the, you know, when you surrender your pet for whatever reason you need, the the shelter will have you fill out a survey of you mm -hmm. and and find out exactly what happened, what led to this surrender, mm -hmm. and we take all that information and we give it to potential adopters. Um, 
so that helps, you know, so to to know to we try to give as much information that we have to the potential adopters so they know what they're what they're getting into with their new pet. So research, you know, ask ask good questions. Don't just don't just get a dog because you think it looks cool right or a cat i i work particularly with dogs so the cat adoptions work i just assume all cats are exactly the same which i guess isn't true but they all are kind of the same so <laughs> spoken like I beg a to differ, dog sir. Right. <laughs> uh so what you know we always hear about right the the whole thing with pets is is it's the owner right mm-hmm. it, and so I mean, I'm just, I'm not a politically correct guy anyway, so I'm okay with it. But, you know, I mean, it's like there there needs to be a psychological review before they're able to adopt, you know? I mean, that's just my opinion. But because, you know, but again, it's from, and I've seen it, and I know you guys see it, and it's so difficult because at the end of the day, we want the animal to be placed, um, and, and then, but we really want to be placed in a in the right place you know and and not just hey we need to make room and i know you guys work really hard to do that um i know you spend time with folks when they come in for that through that adoption process as well but i i mean you know a lot of times you can just tell that person a and and pet b are not going to be a good match and and i know that that's one of the benefits uh i have not personally adopted um, from your guys' facility, but I know many who have, and they have all said that the process of going through that has been so great that you guys, as a staff, work with them to help them find the best fit, really, for them and their family. Um, and, and I think that's important, right? Because, let's face it, adoption is it's, it's, a, it's a lifelong process. Yes, definitely. And we want it to be forever. And our staff is fantastic at getting to know every animal. They really care deeply. And between them working with the animal on a daily basis, they you do get to know them. And our volunteers, we have mm-hmm. a fantastic group of volunteers that are so dedicated to our animals. And they'll take them on little doggy day trips or just extended walks. And, and they bond with them, too. So that helps us to build a pretty comprehensive profile of the animal and hopefully get a good match with the right person Uh, yeah and that's you know that's key so any ongoing support for your adopters is there i mean obviously they can bring back uh if they're young enough or if they need to have a spay or neuter do you do any follow-ups with any of your adopter adopted pets so really everything that we adopt out is spayed or neutered before it leaves our facility because you know um we talked about age earlier shelters have been spaying and neutering um puppies and kittens as young as eight weeks of age um for actually almost 50 years now um which is kind of amazing um but uh so so we don't hopefully have a lot of follow-up because hopefully you know People are going on to their veterinarians who have a little bit more time to spend with them and mm. give them some, you know, good counseling and guidance. Um, so, so there's that. But um, as far as support, one of the things we do is um, we have a behavior department. So if you're having some challenges, you can call and talk to the behavior department. Um, we also work with a program called Good Pup, um, where people can get a, a one-week subscription for for free, but um, you can also pay a 
a monthly fee to subscribe to them and they'll help with behavior and training and stuff like that. So um, some, a lot of the animals we have in the shelter are kind of the young teenagers who just kind of don't always know the rules. Um, and uh, we know that the teenagers go on to become great human, you know, great adults um, if we give them the right guidance. Right. Well, you know, gosh, that, I mean, that's like my life story you're talking about there, doctor. I'm just telling you. Anyway, I'm never going to grow up. <laughs> just not going to do it. I refuse. I told my kids the same thing. You're stuck with me. Uh, so let's talk about um, the Pet Resource Center. Uh, you know, I'm sure you have folks who are struggling to to keep their pets, and, and but you offer some help for that. So um, Pet Resource Center, one of the goals of Pet Resource Center is to help people keep their pets. Um, sometimes people think they have to surrender a pet because of whatever reason, and their goal is to just help give them some guidance to, to give them the resources they need, point them in the right direction. Um, again, maybe some behavior support. Um, sometimes there's a, an emergent a medical problem um, that we can help keep that pet in that family. That's, that's always better for everyone. Yep, and we often can offer some food, some basic supplies on a case-by-case basis. With sure. the housing with issues that. these mm-hmm. days, we get a lot of people yes. who've lost their, you know, lost mm. their place to live within, you know, very little notice. Um, sometimes we can provide temporary foster um, just to tide you over until you get that new place. Mm. See, now back to that foster program. And, and that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what's so amazing about what you guys do is that you really have something in place for just about anything that occurs in the life of our pet. You really do. And and that's just, that's simply amazing. And I'm sure that comes at a cost. So let's, let's talk about some important things, right? Y'all need donations to operate. And uh, not mm-hmm. only do we need people, we need, we need food, we need donations, we need items. So let's talk about some ways that you can get involved, right? We can go to the website, young-williams.org slash donate you can make a donation there i i know some people personally who you're on their monthly donation list which is just awesome that is um you can always call or you can always just simply mail a check obviously the easiest way is to go online and check it out it, what are some of the greatest needs that you guys have right now well i can speak for the foster program we have always an ongoing need for kitten pate We have so many kittens all the time, and that's what they have to eat. And we are actually currently out, so that's a great need that we have. We feed um, our young puppies puppy formula. That's Mm. a thing. So we always have a need for that. And right now we have a desperate need for kennels of all sizes. We like to send our fosters with a kennel so that they have a place to put the animal um, just as needed. So we currently really are out of those, too. So always ongoing needs. We also always need towels, blankets, washcloths, um, any anything like that that we can use to clean or make the pets more comfortable. Um, you could only imagine it's an animal shelter in the morning. There is poop everywhere, <laughs> and that we that requires a lot of stuff to clean. Um, and all those donations are are used, and and we really really appreciate them, um, especially towels and washcloths, but. All right. That's good to know. That's good to know. So when you're at home and you're replacing all your your linens and all your towels, 
there's a good place to get rid of the old ones. Take them down to our friends at Young Williams Animal Center. We are going to take a short break, and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about other things that you can do to help, like, well, like Josh, and volunteer, because it's just not all about money. A lot of times, it's about time. And, well, it's time for us to take a break. We will be right back here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I hope you have been enjoying the hour as, as much as I have. Um, it, it's always exciting when we've got multiple guests in the studio because, well, we just end up all kinds of crazy places. And uh, it, it's just, to me, it's always exciting. Um, if you are just tuning in, this morning we have our friends from Young Williams Animal Center here in the house talking to us about, well, ways you can help talking about the importance of spaying and neutering your pets how you can get involved in a foster program if you need to add a new member how you can adopt and there's a lot of things that really allow for all that to happen and you guys have some staff obviously paid staff but you have a large number of volunteers at the animal center and Josh, you're one of those volunteers, right? I am. Yes. Um, so I, I do know you. You did want to mention one other thing about adoption before we move into volunteers. So I did. Um, just if you adopt an animal, just be patient. It takes a dog, and like I said earlier, I'm assuming also a cat, but I know for a dog, it takes them a little while to get used to their new environment. So they may do stuff like have accidents in your house. And stuff like that. Just be be a little patient with them. They'll they'll going to get used to their new environment. But um, that's really important. So you, you're right about that. I mean, mm-hmm. just anytime, and it doesn't. I know a lot of people think that oh, it's just a when it's a puppy. It's just a, when if it's just a puppy. But it's not right. It's a strange environment. Mm-hmm. Whether it's an adult animal or whether it's a puppy, it's always it's that that newness in that new environment. And well. Let's face it, just put yourself in in that pet's position for a moment. What if you went from space A to space B, not knowing anything about what's going on to you? How are you going to feel when you get to space B, right? It, it, it is a huge change. And even though you're loving on that, that, that pup or that baby, whatever it is, there is a lot that goes into that. So, um, thanks for sharing that, Josh, because yeah. that is so important. And to- I'm going to say that's so important. It takes about three to four weeks for them to really kind of decompress and settle in. Mm. So, you can kind of plan to not have people over that first night. Right. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you might be really excited. Share their pictures on social media. Don't bring in a party, party of 50 people. That's not going to set you up for success. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let, you know, let the new baby get acclimated. Let them, let them get comfortable in their new spot and with you in particular, because, you know, one of the things, I mean, I see it all the time. People get new pups and the first thing they want to do is take and parade them around. And it's like, you know, let's, let, let's, let, let's everybody kind of get accustomed to each other. Let's all get comfortable. (laughs) Then we can enjoy life together. Right. So Josh, you, you are a volunteer. Yes, sir. How how did you come to be a volunteer? What what drove you to want to be a volunteer? So I have a daughter, and um, 
she was six years old when I started volunteering. Anyway, my wife and I decided that we wanted her to be charitable, right? Teach her, yeah. teach her to be charitable. Well, we also figured I can't or we can't tell her to be charitable without giving a good example of how to do that. Um, I love animals, have my whole life. Discovered Young Williams has this great volunteering program, and I decided that's how I wanted to give back to the community. And I kind of feel like I get more out of it than the shelter, to be honest. Like, sure. I mean, I, that's my happy place. I love it there. Right. So. Well, that's normally how volunteering works, so. anyways, right? <laughs> so, um, so how often are you at the shelter through volunteering? Me personally, I'm there every weekend. Um, I do the every Saturday and Sunday morning. I do um, what we call canine caretaking. I'm a dog walker. So usually between 8 and 10 a.m., I'm walking dogs and um, while their kennels are being cleaned and they're getting their medicine and stuff like that, getting ready to, to for the shelter to open up for potential adopters to come meet everyone. And so, Gotcha. So what kind of opportunities do you guys have in your volunteer program? Oh, t- numerous. So there's you can you can work hand in hand with the foster department. They they have volunteers. The vet department also has volunteers that help them do their jobs. I've never volunteered with either one of them, so I can't speak firsthand of what happens there exactly. But I can tell you, um, we do doggy day trips, which is some dogs just benefit from being out of the shelter for a couple mm. of hours. People yeah. come down and take them to to we when we, me and my family do them, we go to the botanical garden. But some people go to Imes. You can take them for a hike. Just a few hours outside of the shelter makes such a big difference in some of these dogs' lives. Um, they have a really great pause for reading program. Children as young as five can come and read to the animals. Aww. That's um, Our volunteering program, like the diversity of it just amazes me. Our youngest volunteer is five, and our oldest volunteer is probably in his late 70s. And wow. just everywhere in between. It's great. There's so many things to do. Um like I said, the doggy day trips, the pause for eating. I'm a canine caretaker. We also have kitty caretakers. Some people just like cats more than dogs for whatever reason. And that's who they want to work with. And that's, that is very beneficial to the shelter also. I joke a lot, but the, the they we take a lot of pride in taking care of the cats also. So, so, so I guess now we figured out yeah. why Josh is always the one playing in the poop. Is it's, it's everywhere. His love for cats. Well, so, yeah, the thing about cats is if you have one, you also have a box of poop in your house. And, like, so, it's just how it works. <laughs> Uh, Josh, you're going to get yourself so deep. You know that, right? Uh, So, um, full disclosure, I've only adopted two animals from Young Williams, and both have been cats. (laughs) (laughs) That's too much, man. That's too much. So, are they like like Glasgow's? Are they cat dogs? Um, It's because I I have a 10-year-old daughter, and I'm a really weak dad, is how come we have two cats? Okay. Yes. All right. You you just you just took us to a whole another level, a- right? Oh my gosh. Well, I I just want to thank you guys for being here with us this morning. Uh, such a just a joy to have you guys in in talk about the various programs that you have to offer uh, to our community and to our pet owners and and those who are needing a new member of their family to take care of. Uh, the best way to contact and to look into any of these programs is going to be young-williams.org. 
That's young-williams.org. You can learn about community involvement, how you can volunteer, how you can donate, how you can foster, how you can adopt, schedule your appointments. You can, well, quite frankly, do it all right there on their website. I do thank you all so much for being here with us this morning. Um, You know, as we talk about our topics of the day around here, today is a, a very important day. And this is not the topic of the day, but it is going to be for this last 45 seconds that we are on air. Because, Mama, if you're listening, happy birthday. Uh, My world wouldn't exist without you. And I just want you to know how much I I love and adore you. And um, you, you are a very special mama, a very special woman. And I certainly do appreciate you for all that you have done and really... Our topic of the day does tie into that, and that is today is Women's Equality Day, um, women's suffrage. And I, I honestly, I didn't, you know, when I was looking at that, it, I mean, I just, I didn't put two and two together. I wasn't even thinking today's my mom's birthday. And what more fitting of a woman to be born on such a day to represent Women's Equality Day. And uh, as you all know, I am a huge supporter of our female athletes. Being a um, a girl dad myself, still feel bad, Josh. Uh, I, my One of my goals is to make sure that my girls have a level playing field through life. So um, we're going to talk about our topic of the day when we come back after this break. But again, I do just want to say thank you one more time to our friends at Young Williams Animal Center. We will be right back after the break here on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Well, good morning. Welcome to the second hour of Around the House with Scott Brokamp. I hope you were listening in the first hour. We had our friends from Young Williams Animal Center, and uh, they are they're an absolute staple in our community. They do so much good for, um, well, continuing education for us and our, our babies and helping in the needs that we have with, um, well, with our pets around town. So uh, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, uh, I'm just going to tell you, my second hour guest is going to tell you exactly where to go, and it's going to start with a, a big old D and a beautiful butterfly, but we'll get to as that. As long as it's not an H. <laughs> easy, easy now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, if you're into, well, things that start with an H, maybe Halloween is your thing. CreepyCon is happening this weekend at the Knoxville Convention Center. Hours are today from 11 to 8. First Lutheran on North Broadway is hosting their annual German Fest today. Enjoy German culture, food, and music from 11 to 8. And one Knox Soccer Club is in action tonight at Regal Stadium. Their match against Charlotte Independence starts at 7.30. For more details about everything that's going on around town, go to visitknoxville.com. That's visitknoxville.com. So before we dive in here... um, as we have customarily done, we have our topic of the day. And uh, other than my mom's birthday today, today is also Women's Equality Day or Women's Suffrage. So, bef- um, 
It, it was on August of 18th in 1920 when the Tennessee legislature voted to ratify the 19th Amendment, giving women the right to vote in America. The deciding ballot was cast by a young 24-year-old state representative from Nyota named Henry or Harry Byrne. At first, he was going to vote against it, but his mother sent a letter convincing him to change his mind. Thank you, Mom. The story of women's suffrage in Tennessee is marked by a statue that stands on Market Square in downtown Knoxville. It was unveiled on August 26, 2006, and it memorializes three women who led the charge in Tennessee. None of them are Harry Burns' mother, by the way. So if the bill was passed on August 18th, why are we talking about it on August 26th? Well, it took an entire week for the records to get from Nashville to Washington to be certified. It wasn't until the Secretary of State signed those documents on August 26th, 1920, that the 19th Amendment was officially added to the Constitution. And that's how August 26th became Women's Equality Day in the U.S., I just got to say I'm grateful. I'm so grateful because, uh, as as many of you know, as a girl dad, uh, I want to make sure that my girls have the opportunity to take part in everything life has to offer. And, um, well, quite frankly, I'm going to just leave it at that. I love to help inspire and empower young women um, in our world today. So there we go. But speaking of that, we have an awesome uh, woman in the studio this morning who, well, she works for a pretty awesome woman as well. My next guest has been on the Vol Network crew for, what, how many years? We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. All right. Well, not only is she involved with UT football, she also works for Dollywood. She is deeply embedded in two of Tennessee's favorite icons. Let's welcome Ellen Liston back to Around the House. It's good Did I say to that right? Liston. Liston. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, most people just say Ellen from Dollywood, so it's Ellen. all good. Let's just say Ellen. Yeah, hey, and Ellen. I, I want to say you also are sporting a Lady Vols shirt, which makes me real happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my bestie in college was a Lady Vol, so um, played for Pat for four years, so you know she's tough. Yeah. So yeah. another great female representative of East Tennessee. Her and Dolly are pretty much tops. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, um, my, my, I guess my new passion in life, uh, we, uh, our, his security technology, we're corporate sponsors with our Lady Vol Boost Her Club. Love that. And, Yay. Uh, thank you for doing so that. We have, uh, we've, we've worked really hard with, uh, Terry and, and the Boost Her Club to help put on some events and to sponsor some events to help take care of our, our young student athletes yeah. and take care of our ladies because, well, I'm just going to tell you, they get overlooked at the university. Completely overlooked. There, um, you know, I've I've loved Lady Vols basketball. Obviously, since I was in school, I was fortunate enough to kind of work with in the athletic department in college, and I just have never left. They can't get rid of me, I guess. But um, yeah, Lady Vols basketball is pretty exciting. As is soccer and volleyball. I'm just gonna throw that in there too well, those, if I'm, you haven't been out to a game folks at any one of those venues go it's so much fun if nothing else go for the popcorn just well, saying hey the popcorn <laughs> you know 
I, we got several all-wall popcorn. They don't have cinnamon bread like we do at Dollywood, but... Uh, this is true. This is but true. UT popcorn is up there high on my list of things yeah. I'd have imported in if I was on a desert island. It's not as good as a turkey leg, though. Well, it, or, you know, are you know, my personal favorite is honestly kettle corn. And we have different flavors at different seasons. And, yeah, I can't... I usually try not to get a bag because it doesn't last very long and i consume the whole thing and really that's not really good for my health but it makes me feel good <laughs> well you know what if, as long as it makes you feel good ellen that's really you know, all it's true yeah. and it's kind of it's a vacation food right so yeah. even though dollywood is not far away um you know, it's kind of like taking a vacation when you go there, even if you just go for an afternoon or an evening or you go for the whole day. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it, getting through the traffic to get there is kind of an excursion, right? So. <laughs> it is, right? All right. I couldn't, I couldn't pass that, especially with the new Buckies, you know. I mean, golly almighty. Uh, so there is always something exciting going on at Dollywood. We know that. Um and of course, it's it's coming into that time of year. It's coming into fall. Um, not only are we excited about football, mm-hmm. but we're also excited about the Harvest Festival. Oh my gosh! You know, I I love all seasons at Dollywood, especially since we've added the Flower and Food Festival in the spring, and then I love summer because I love being outside and I like the long days, but. Man, there's just something about fall. So you take the backdrop of the Smokies, mm. you add, oh, I don't know, 12, 13,000 pumpkins. You add fun at night for the whole family. You add, did we, y'all know, no, we have really good food at Dollywood. Did, have we mentioned that? Oh, maybe we started out with that. Mm. <laughs> um, it's just such a fun experience to be there in the fall and it's not only all the things with the Harvest Festival anyway, you get all the rest of Dollywood. So for people like me who I love the festival offerings, I'm not a big rides person. My, everybody I work with knows that. I'm great to have on a trip because I'm the person that holds your backpack or your phone <laughs> or that whatever it is, your drink that you just bought and you right. can't take on the ride. You need those people. So... But with the festival, that's my jam. I love staying late at night, seeing everything that's happening with the Great Pumpkin Luminites part, Mm. maybe having some pumpkin spice kettle corn. You never know what else I might be uh, eating, taking in music, all that kind of... There's just so much added on when you go in the fall. Yeah. And, well, and let's face it, I mean... The, the things we live for, really, in particular around here, I mean, spring and fall, mm-hmm. in particular fall, because obviously football season comes with that. Uh, I'm I'm kind of spring because I, I like my Lady Vols softball. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's so pleasant. And then, it, to me, it's one of our favorite times to stroll through Dollywood because there, I mean, there is, there's so much going on always. And with the with the uh, Harvest Festival, it's so cool just to see how the decorations have changed, how we're moving into that new season. And, well, like now, when you go to Dollywood today, well, you're going to just, quite frankly, you're going to be a little wet 
and not from the rides. It's going to be because it's a little humid outside a little bit today. But we're also we have all those great misters. All the misters, you know, which I have been known to just walk very slowly through. Um, hey, you know it. it it dries pretty quickly, but uh, we try to keep people hydrated and cool. But I, as we know here in the South, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Mm-hmm. And once we get into September yep. with the Harvest Festival, that humidity is starting to go away just a little bit. And then as the days get a little bit shorter. Um, so actually, the Harvest Festival is starting a little bit earlier than normal. Oh. Starts on. We're starting it on a Wednesday, so Wednesday, September twentieth, is the big day, awesome. and it goes all the way through October thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, October thirtieth. We're not actually open on Halloween because people need to be out there trick or treating, doing trunk or treats, having fun things uh, going on for Halloween. But um, you know, I mentioned Great Pumpkin Luminites. When that opened six, seven years ago now, it feels like it's always been there. But um, it it just has been such a fun thing for everyone to do at night. Mm. And, you know, when the days start getting shorter, you want to yeah. kind of be out doing something fun at night. Yeah. But the great thing about this portion of the event is... There's, you know, it's nighttime. There's lots of lights. There's some things that might be a little spooky, mm. like riding Wild Eagle when it's nighttime, um, but not scary. Right. You know, we're all about making sure the whole family does things together, stays together, experiences things together, so that your memories are, are going to be together. My favorite pumpkins of Great Pumpkin Luminance and have been since day one are the bat pumpkins. At Mystery Month. Oh, my. Bat love, months. love, love them. You know, last year we kind of expanded, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And maybe y'all have to stay tuned. We can't tell you everything at once. No. Oh, no. Uh-uh. We got to make sure you're listening for the whole hour. So, we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to learn about bat pumpkins and mm-hmm. many more. Right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp and News Talk 98.7 WOKI. You can whistle. Go ahead. We all do. It's good stuff right I'm there. You, I'm telling you, every Saturday, yeah. I end up whistling this tune like all day long. I'm glad my kids still love it because I'm whistling it all the time. <laughs> I'll be at the ball field today whistling this tune. I'm just telling you that. Hey, welcome back here on Around the House. My guest this hour is Ellen from Dollywood. We're just going to call her yeah. Ellen because everybody knows who she yeah. is anyway. So well, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. you know, it's just easier. It just it's just is. easier. It's just, uh, you know, hey, um, we were talking a little bit during the break about um, fostering kitty cats. Yes, and, and you had a friend who I do. I'm so. going to shout out to Jen Webb on the fabulous dollywood marketing team she fosters kids it's just amazing it's the coolest thing and um i mean i have a cat that was fostered from young williams and he's just he's a mess but um it's just amazing what they can do so i'm telling you if you want a cat or a dog but particularly if you want a kitten um 
getting a kitten that's been fostered through Young Williams is it's the best. I mean, they're just they're so much better adjusted and um I've had cats who you know, like you got as a stray and and they're just not as adjusted as yeah. they can be to humans so that's my shout out to all the great folks at young williams and to my friend jen who's a great foster mom to kitties and got me my kitty so well my cat is orange and white by the way just saying i know y'all are surprised out there you know uh well you know what speaking of great community organizations you work for one um you know dollywood is of course, is such a huge attraction here in East Tennessee. Mm-hmm. People love to come and come to Dollywood and uh, hang out, have a great time. But Dollywood is a huge supporter back into our community as well. So that is always amazing when we see our businesses who are able to help and give back. And of course, we all know Dolly is such an amazing heart. Dolly's and, the best. And uh, the best. She, you know, her heart for her community, for where she's from, her roots. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, her, her, I mean, we talk about Women's Equality Day. That woman has some fight and I love it. I you love know, Dolly. I, it just, she's such a great example to all of us of what we should be but not only that but what we can be and a lot of times when people come to dollywood we work with media from all over the world really but especially all over the country and um and then guests come to visit us from all over the place and honestly that's increased um, after the pandemic because yeah. people wanted to go somewhere that they felt safe, meaning be outside, have a comfortable atmosphere with their family. And obviously the Great Smoky Mountains offer so much of that. Yeah. Um, but we really did our did our best, we hope, to do that as well. But people ask so many times, is Dolly here? Is you know, they she she's there a lot quite honestly but you know she's not out um just walking around right with me getting kettle corn or you know some cinnamon bread oh come on but what's what's, what's you Dolly's never know food at the park that's what i want to know um she loves meatloaf so we have an incredible dish called the meatloaf stacker which is served right now it's been at various places but right now it is at my favorite dollywood restaurant um granny ogle's ham and beans uh-huh. up in the valley not far from cinnamon cinnamon bread by the way um if you're not if you don't know about it you really need to find out but um really what our we always say kind of our secret sauce it's really our employees because we just like being there. Yeah. Um, even when it's hot or rainy or it could be cold in the, um, it's been known to be, it was a little cold this spring sometimes, but it's just such a great place to be. It's kind of like living in a small town when you work at Dollywood, mm-hmm. not being at a place where there are right. thousands of employees. It's like living in a small town, which is where I grew up. So, um, and I think that, we really feel that responsibility to be the essence of what Dolly is, and that's 
be nice to people, treat people the way you would want to be treated. Um, Make people feel like they've come to your hometown and you're going to be here for a little bit. So have fun with us. Ask for directions. We'll take you where you need to go if it's not that, you know, there's many times people, you know, they're all turned around. (laughs) And as the park has grown so much, it's kind of easy to do. And it's so easy just to say, hey, I'm going that way. It's not far. Let me walk you there. And for us that live in East Tennessee, whether you work at Dollywood or you work anywhere in your listening area, that's what we do. And I think even people that didn't start here learn that. Right. And um, that's why people want to be here. That's why when people come to a Vols football game, they're like, even if if we beat them, which happens so often these days, um, you know, they're like, but we had a great time because people treated us like we were visiting mm. their neighborhood. Right. And uh, that's what makes our area just what it is. And it all starts with Dolly, really, it, in my opinion. You right. know, she's just such a good example to us. Well, and, and you guys do so many things at the park to, you know, through the different seasons to create such an inviting and just a down-home, come-hang-out-with-us type of atmosphere. Um, obviously, we got the Harvest Festival coming up. Uh, after the Harvest Festival, you guys are so much known for the Christmas Festival. Um, that is soon to be coming. When when does the Christmas Festival start this year? Is it right after? It's right after. So uh, one of the miracles of Dollywood, which is even to me as long as I've worked there, um, is the fact that we'll close at 6 o'clock on October the 30th, and we will reopen at 11 a.m. on November 3rd with christmas and it's like christmas magic but really it's dolly and dollywood magic um dolly magic it's dolly magic but uh dolly cadabra oh i like that yeah 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 yeah. you're welcome thank you um (laughs) dolly would like that too i think um you know christmas is all about what's great about the season, about the reason for the season, about, again, it's all about, there's a common theme here, families doing things together, making memories together, right. not not taking the cell phone because people want to take lots of photos and memori- memories with what happened, well, but... you got to have the app on your phone so you can have it. Exactly, exactly, but just when I... I don't know about y'all, but I, I love Christmas. I always have. I'm the person who has three or four trees in the house. And my husband's like, are we going to have all those this year? Yes, we are. So he loves the fact that. Do you have I, an orange and white tree? I do. Okay, good. Yeah. Just, all all sure. orange and white ornaments. Yes. It's small, but mighty. Kind of like, you know. So the the just. When I was a kid, I think, I fell in love with Christmas, um, the decorations and the lights. And just coming from a small town, I think it at Christmas, everything becomes bigger than your small the small town. Yeah. And when I first started working at Dollywood, I was like, this is, and it was the first season of our Christmas festival. It was like kind of what you dream as a kid that 
if there was a magic Christmas town, what it would be like. Mm. And that's kind of how you feel when you go into Dollywood. And we have, you know, real trees. Mm. And by real trees, I mean an oak tree or a maple tree that's now wrapped completely in lights. As well as Christmas trees. As well as... Um, Christmas displays our big LED tree that's 50 feet tall up that's in the Wilderness Pass area that tells a Christmas story with lights. Whatever you can dream about what would be a perfect Christmas, hmm. you can find at Dollywood. You can. And that also starts with Dolly, you know, that growing up. Um, if you've seen the Coat of Many Colors and the Christmas Many Colors movies that she did, they didn't have a lot, but they had a lot of love. And the simple things were the best. And I think when you're experiencing something like Christmas at Dollywood, you kind of get that feeling with your family that nothing can replace hanging out together and seeing all those lights. If you walked through by yourself, it would still be beautiful. But what makes it so special is the fact that your family or your friends are there with you. Yeah, absolutely. And the weather's cooler. Let's throw that in right now. And, you know, (laughs) hey, look, I I like to go before it gets too cold. Correct. Just right. Well, we are going to take a short little break, but when we come back, we're going to continue to talk a little bit about Christmas, and then we're going to talk some more about uh, the Great Pumpkin Illuminates when we come back right here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp on News Talk 98.7 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I'm Scott Brokamp of His Security and Technology, and we have Miss Ellen in the studio from Dollywood with us this morning, and um, I'm just going to tell you, if if you haven't had breakfast yet, we're going to make sure you're good and hungry here in a few moments, mm-hmm. but because we're going to just go off the deep end and talk about food before we get there, let's talk about something very amazing and special that happens, the Great Pumpkin Luminites. Well, it also is sort of a food component because it's all about pumpkins. Well, everything revolves around food at Dollywood. I'm just Correct. So, if you have not been to the Harvest Festival in the past five, six years, I'm just going to venture to say that you really haven't been to Harvest Festival at Dollywood. Hmm. Because, so here's kind of how this happened. Um... People love the Harvest Festival, love the decorations, love the food, love the entertainment, love the decor, especially with all the pumpkins that we had. But they want us to be open later. Mm -hmm. So especially folks from the Knoxville area or even the Tri-Cities area, you know, we could leave work a little early, tell the boss we got to go pick the kids up from school a little bit early and head to Dollywood. But... When we closed at six, seven o'clock, that just people want us to be up a little bit early, yeah. a little bit later. And so we had to have a reason to be open later. So our amazing folks that look at our atmosphere and what kind of special events should we do thought, well, it's got to revolve around pumpkins. And it's at night, so there's got to be 
a lights component. Mm-hmm. So those of y'all that are old enough to remember, like I am, the old um, Reese Cup ads where it was like, where the chocolate and the peanut butter collided yep, and then collided. it was better than ever. Yep. It's kind of like Harvest collides with the Christmas festival because of all the lights and all the pumpkins. And people that remember those ads are like, oh, so you have to go YouTube, but it's, they're kind of funny ads. Um, <laughs> I and you'll, that chocolate under, yes, and you'll understand what I'm talking about, but. The lighting part of Great Pumpkin Luminites is so much fun because we have, um, like, for example, one of, other than the bat pumpkins, which I love, we have these really cool um, flowers, sunflowers, giant sunflowers that are made of pumpkins. So the pumpkins are carved and stacked on one another to look like the vine. And then the top pumpkin is a big sunflower well during the day they're really cool because you can tell what they are but then at night Mm. they become lit sunflowers they become the stalk is green lights and the flower is yellow so it's as it's evolved it's just become something that people can enjoy during the day if they're there but at night it just becomes magic well and it's amazing what what we can do now with these LED lights Correct. and all that, and and let's face it, the the, the team at Hollywood has embraced that technology. I mean, absolutely, they have the drone show and the dance party yeah. that happens at night. You know, so just bringing all of that modern technology into the atmosphere as well. Uh, again, and that's where the creative team at Dollywood is so amazing by just really kind of thinking out of the box and how can we, as you said, take that, that chocolate bar and jam yeah. that, that peanut butter jar and that, and, and make them marry together. Like my job is literally the easiest job in the world because our special events team and our attractions and our operations people, they do all the literally and figuratively heavy lifting and right. coming up with this amazing thing. They get a lot of creativity and some ideas from Dolly as well. So, um, you know, her title is our dreamer in chief. Isn't that fun? Like she deserves it. Obviously, nobody else is ever going to have that title anywhere. But she's so fun. Anyway, I've digressed. But that's what we do around here. Yeah. But they're adding, we add something new every year. So last year, we kind of expanded the footprint of Great Pumpkin Luminites down into Craftsman's Valley because it kind of started at one end of Craftsman's Valley and went all the way around um, to where Thunderhead is and going down that way. But last year, we expanded and part of Craftsman's Valley became Hoodow Hollow, which honestly, I'm an East Tennessee girl, so... I say Hoodell Holler. Um, so there's a giant owl made completely out of pumpkins. So much fun. And this year, one of the new things that's been added, we've really been into bees this year. Mm. Um, we were into bees. Um, we had a new bee mosaic sculpture for Flower and Food Festival. Had a bee key, actual beekeeper who can tell people about honey. So now the bee is going to be in lights. Um, that will be fun. And the big pumpkin tree is actually moving down to Market Square with the colossal pumpkins, which wow. I'm excited about as well. So 
I'm sure you've seen the colossal pumpkins that have yeah. been in Show Street that last last year we had 12 or 13 of them they're from growers all over the really the east coast southeast but up into the northeast as well the pumpkins last year ranged from 800 to 1500 pounds that's a lot of pumpkin pie that is a lot of pumpkin pie a lot of pumpkin pie we need to have some whipped cream for that correct some ice cream on top yeah Mm. the whole bit Mm. but um we don't use those pumpkins for pumpkin pie or any other kind of pumpkin dish but let me tell you there is so much pumpkin on the menu this year i i told our culinary director i said this is incredible i i just and if you don't like pumpkin which i'm so I can't. I can't even talk about that. But um, there, there are other things you can protect. A lot of apple flavor, yeah. also, of yeah. course, it's another great fall flavor. But um, they, they really have kind of outdone themselves this year. So, in twenty twenty two, we had inter- maybe it was twenty one. I kind of lose track of time. You know, it all kind of. My seasons just evolve. As we get older. But correct. Very correct. But we started doing a a tasting pass for our festivals because one of the biggest complaints was I literally don't have enough time or um, stomach to eat everything just because you're full when you eat a big portion. So we developed a tasting pass. We did it first for Flower and Food Festival, and it really was, people loved it. So we started doing it in the fall, and we've done it also in the summertime. But that is really a great way to do it because you get a a good size. It's not the full portion, but good size portion five different things for one price right then so let but the best part you and i go together we get a sample 10 things because we each get a pass split it Mm -hmm. correct which which is good because even the sample serving size is well i'm just going to tell you you can get full pretty quick Mm -hmm. um so you know when we look at the different seasons that's one of the really neat things that occurs at dollywood uh the the food changes mm-hmm. to come with this even season. for like summer yeah you know we had lots of different things for summer um one of my new favorite menu items actually there's two of them um they both deal with a potato one a regular potato one a sweet potato mm-hmm. number my number one new food item at dollywood which comes in a variety of of different toppings is the potato tornado yeah you're correct i just like to say that i just think it's fun so think a baked potato that you um spiral cut, cut like an apple right yeah put it put on it a on stick. stick i also love any food that you can carry around on a stick well like i mean it makes it convenient kind of right like, you know kind of a like corn dog in the turkey leg you a know. turkey leg a corn dog now the potato tornado yeah Unbelievable! Leg in one hand, a potato yeah, tornado in the other. It's Dolly a, Cadabra. It's Dolly correct, Cadabra. and it, that is a complete balanced meal: a turkey leg and a potato tornado. I mean, it is in my Dollywood humble Dollywood opinion, but um, but I also do love corn dog, by the way, which is served year round every day, and that could be my meal 
every day. But again, I digress. The other amazing thing that our culinary team has done is they'll look at something that is something that people like regularly and then add, maybe they can add an Appalachian twist to it Mm. or they can um, take something that's kind of an Appalachian favorite and then put another twist on it. So they have, everybody knows about loaded baked potatoes. We have are now over the top with loaded sweet potatoes. Um, So they introduced one this spring and it has just been amazing. And it's a taco sweet potato basically. So they wait a minute. How have I missed this? Tillin Harvest, oh. and he's legend gentleman. Scott is getting out a pen because he's writing this down. Um, it's amazing. So it's taken all the toppings you would put on a taco, and you put them on a sweet potato. I love it. You know how to describe it's, that? It's right. Yeah, delicious. Heaven. Yeah, heaven. heaven. Delicious. Right Dolly Cadabra. There you go. That's right. But thank for, you to Mr. Glasgow. For thank you, sir. New coin phrase. Boom. Boom. But for the fall, um, and these are on the tasting pass option. Tasting pass options. That's kind of hard to say. Um, sweet potato topped with things like barbecue chicken. I'm down with that. Yum. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. That that could be an option for you, if you if you're not into total pumpkin, but you really do need to be in total pumpkin mode no. when you go. And we kind of sneak it in on some things. So there's like a three bean pumpkin chili, a yum, yeah. And so I'm just daring all you non pumpkin enthusiasts. To branch out a little bit when you go to Dollywood this fall. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break and we come back. We're going to tell you what's left for the rest of the season before we get to the Harvest Fest at Dollywood. Stay tuned here on Around the House on News Talk 987 WOKI. Welcome back to Around the House. I hope you've enjoyed following us around the rabbit trail today as customary we Mm -hmm. well we digress we just kind of talk about everything so we try to just keep people interested i I don't know you know like i've said when when i took over for dawn here in in the beginning of april is around my house we have conversations about everything and we talk about and do things in a variety of ways and manners and so i hope that this is familiar to you as conversations exist around your house as they do around mine well it's a little bit more fun actually especially so those of us that those of you that are up with us sort of early on a saturday morning you're either up trying to get the kids somewhere Mm. um you're trying to get some stuff done before everybody else gets up maybe if you have teenagers it's the last Saturday before football. This time next week, everybody better be up. Yeah, you're going to be up. I'm just saying. I'm excited. You Ready better be up. You better pull the pom-poms out. You better have the power tee earrings on. You better be dressed appropriately. And and one of my best friend's husband always has a new cap. Mm. That's how you know he's That's ready. That's how you know mm-hmm. he's ready. Yeah. Well, 
before <laughs> we we wrap up and dive into football season, which gosh, I'm so excited about. Uh, there is a lot of things that are going to be happening to close out summer and and ring fall in. So I would be remiss if we didn't go over these topics before we digress anywhere else. Correct. Um, so let's talk about. So one of the cool things, Splash Country, is going to be open a little longer this mm-hmm. year. Extended by what is it? Three weeks? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Two extra weekends. So, um, so I do have a tip for anyone out there who, you know, family is saying we're going to Splash Country this Saturday. Earphones, Vol Network for the football game. Yeah. You can lay there. Yeah. You know what I mean. You can be in the lazy river. You know, nobody's going to judge when you go. Yes, touchdown. Right, because right. there's going to be a lot of that touchdown Tennessee on Saturday. So, um, just you know, take I, you. I really, you can do this. Listen, I I really think that when it's when when Tennessee's playing, I I think that that should be what's broadcast throughout the park. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just kind just of agree. Say. I haven't made much leeway there, but yeah, well. um, but so Splash Country open normally through Labor Day. Yeah. Normally that Monday is our last day, but. We've added two extra weekends. You know, it was so unreasonably mild <laughs> in May. Right. And so we just kind of felt like people didn't have as much chance to come. Yeah. And um, just kind of looked at some things, made some changes, going to be open two extra weekends. I'm really excited because yeah. Bush Country is so much fun. It really is. So two more blast. weeks of two more weekends of Splash Country fun. Just go. Um, to dollywood.com and look and see what the hours are. Yeah. And come see us. So, and then uh, Dolly has the, the new resort is opening yes. in November, right? Is opening in November. And Reservations are being... They are to... being taken. I know. Um, I know that um, people, lots of folks want to stay there. Yeah. You know, Dollywood's Dream More Resort has just been uh, so much fun for us and just for families because they can stay there they can get on the trolley it drops them off right at the front gate you get time savers as part of what you get when you stay at dollywood's dream more resort which is a great perk yeah and it's just stays so full and obviously called heart song lodge and resort yeah. the new resort that's coming it obviously has been on the books it takes you know it takes a little while to build something that's Especially five stories that. 300 rooms no big deal well, but and with everything else that's going on in the world today it's, it's just gonna be prolonged a little you know right so. so we're we're so excited about that it's gonna be a little different experience than um dream war resort um when you walk in the lobby there's a four-story fireplace uh-huh. which is kind of the center it's gonna have a little bit more smoky mountain feel um and, and if and if i recall correctly when you walk in the lobby it's a straight through to a huge basically glass wall that just simply is backdrop by the great smoky mountains yeah i think that one of you know, I said our employees, which I stand by this, Dolly and our employees are obviously the uh, secret sauce to how we operate. But we were asked a lot, would you ever do a Dollywood somewhere else? And we're like, if you can figure out how to move the Smokies, 
maybe, <laughs> but um, just the majesty of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and being there at the foothills of the Smokies is the other you know, that's why people want to come yeah. to our whole area of East Tennessee. So we're lucky enough to have that land to be able to showcase the Smokies mm-hmm. um, as well as have the fun that all the fun we have to offer at Dollywood and at Splash Country. Yeah. Well, and one of the other exciting things um, that'll be coming up is the Pink Jeep Adventure Tour. So our parent company, so you know, Dolly um, owns Dollywood with uh, Hershen Family Entertainment, and Hershen has um, a part of one of the things. Everything we have is very family oriented. So this company actually started out in Sedona, and they have Pink Jeep tours in Sedona, in the Grand Canyon, actually in Las Vegas, and Vegas and Branson, Missouri, but. Where are the best ones? The Smokies. So I want you to think about how many times you think oh, we want to go look at the Smokies, but we don't have time for a full day hike. Look up Pink Jeep Adventures. It's like a three-hour experience. You get to go up into the Smokies. My favorite part is everybody in the family experiences together. Dad or mom who's usually driving and you saw a bear or something. Right. You didn't see it because you were driving. Right. If you're in a pink Jeep Adventure, your guide is you're also your driver, so you get to see all kinds of fun things. They'll stop and take photos for you. And there's a really fun 4x4 adventure at the end, kind of an off-roading. And I'm a chicken, and I even like it. So that, it's it's it shakes me up a little bit, but it's worth it. So yeah. lots of great things to do in the area. So spend a weekend up in the Smokies. That's what my challenge That's to true. you is. There's always something awesome. There's an open date. There Just always. saying. That's right. You'll find one. <laughs> you can go to dollywood.com to find out the schedules of everything that's happening at Dollywood Splash Country uh, with all the festivals coming up. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you get out there and experience some of the awesome food that happens during Harvest Festival. Obviously, Christmas as well. Hey, if you missed part of today's show and you want to listen again, there's a link on my website at hissecurity.com. Just click on the ATH radio tab to find recordings of all our shows or check out Around the House with Scott Brokamp where you listen to all your favorite podcasts. Thank you very much to the group from Young Williams and to Ellen from Dollywood this morning. If you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about here on the show, you can email us at thehouse at hissecurity.com. Around the House is produced by News Talk 98.7 with guest coordination services from B Media Savvy. We're taking next weekend off for Labor Day, but we'll see you. That's right. Happy birthday, Mom. We'll see you in a couple of weeks here on Around the House with Scott Brokamp.